podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to AI Scouted. It's me, Guy, instead of Dave, because, well, he had surgery yesterday, so we thought we'd give him a day off. <laughs> but I'm joined by Carl. How are you doing, Carl? I'm not too bad, thank you. Sending all our lovely wishes over to Dave. Absolutely. I'm sure, and by the by, the sounds of his experience, he wouldn't have been in a good mood anyway, so I'm here to add a bit more joy. <laughs> um, but we're going to do like a, a keep loan sell with, with some of the squad players just to get get a show out there for you. Um, but we do have news to react to, Carl. We, we finally got the Paul Joyce tweet most people have been waiting for. I, I'll read through it before we react to it. Uh, Darwin Nunes deal. £64 million initial fee, which is €75 million. Euros. Add-ons of 12.8 mil on appearances and 8.5 mil on team success. Liverpool preparing medical tomorrow in expectation. Everything finalised today. Nunes is currently in Madrid and would sign a six-year deal. So, Carl, that is basically uh, 100, 100 million euro, which was the fee that was going around. I think it's about 85 million pound altogether, but... Yeah, it, it's basically the deal that's been on the cards for about a, a week now. Yeah, which at the same time feels like it's taken ages and has also been really, really quickly done, uh, considering yes. you know, it's a big money deal. Uh, and we've basically gone from, what was it, about 10 days ago, something like that now. Uh, Miguel Delaney said that Man United were keen on him and would go toe-to-toe with Liverpool, and now we're pretty much on the verge of nailing the deal completely. So... Very, very fast moving for such a big deal. But again, it shows that we have things well in hand. It shows that we obviously take our time and figure out exactly who we want. And then when we get to that point, we just go and do it. And that is a lovely way to be. Yeah, and when we confirm the deal, I'm sure Dave and Carl go into a bit more detail on various pods about the player himself. I mean, you've already done it kind of as well, but once it's confirmed... Fekir still scares us, scars us all, <laughs> but when it's confirmed, they'll, they'll be on various shows, I assume. But as we're here, we've got to do the keep loan sell. Um, I forgot to do your cat warning, Carl, as you probably heard for a slight second there. Carl has a cat in his room, so if you hear him yowling, that's Carl's fault. He's now gone outside, so you're not going to hear him anymore. There we go. So if he comes back in, you know where the cat is now. Right, so keep loan sell. We're, we're going to go through some of the squad players. We're basically doing everyone outside of the top 12 because Thiago was 11th and, well, we're not getting rid of Thiago. Um, so we'll start off with one that is in the top 11. Sadio Mane is going, seemingly, Carl. So do you want to quickly talk about him going and basically Nunes as the replacement for him and Origi, who's also confirmed to be going? Yeah, I mean, pretty sad times, isn't it, for Mane to be going, I think, along with Wijnaldum, 
one of the first big components of the team who was brought in under Klopp and played such a massive role, obviously, even this season, 51 games again, over 20 goals in the season again. He's played right wing, left wing, played as a 10 for us. He's been a number nine this season. So I don't think there's much that we can say about Saudi Mane. I've had quite a few non-Liverpool fans asking me recently, well, why is he leaving? Why does he want to leave Liverpool? I think... Really, it's simply the fact that he's achieved everything with us. I think it's that simple, to be honest. Mm. Um, you know, he's in, uh, as the kids say these days, he's completed it. He has won everything with Liverpool. So it's not unreasonable for him to suggest at this stage that he wants a new challenge or a new team or experience or anything like that at all. I think that's something that we do have to remember that as much as these players that we have, we love them. And they obviously love being in the same team as each other and the same environment as each other. They don't have, you know, that lifelong affiliation or need to stick to Liverpool specifically. It's great that they do for so long and we obviously make them feel very wanted and welcome to stay quite a long time. Uh, this team has been together quite a long time now in football, modern football terms at least, but mm-hmm. they are going to move on eventually and we have to understand and accept that when they do. It's not a case of, not to pick on anybody in particular, but for example, one of the last high profile ones who didn't leave in this similar sort of way when they had one year left, Michael Owen, for example, we wanted him to help us rebuild and get back to the top. He wanted out. Yeah. Well, it's not like that for any of these players, you know, that we, we've reached the top with them. They've done the job that we signed them to do and then a hell of a lot more, to be perfectly honest. So Manu will be a big miss, but I don't think anybody can begrudge him wanting to leave after this point. Yeah, yeah, I tweeted at the time, I think it was just before the Champions League final, Like I, these players I think we do all favourable deals, whether it's to give them a new contract at us hopefully, or if they want to move on, because I'm sure we could get more money out of a PSG or if Real Madrid or whatever through their hat, hat into the ring, but he seems to have his heart set on Bayern Munich, and, and if they're only willing to... Well, they started off at something stupid like 20 million euro, but if we can get them to the 40 million mark, I think we do all these players their favourable deal to a certain extent. Do you want to touch on Salah quickly? Because the contract situation's gone quiet, and I suppose it is a similar one where we should either sell him or keep him for the year. Well, I mean, that side of things is also down to the player, isn't it? Because he's still got the contract. I don't think... You can really be in a position to force them out as such. They know that we're not going to let someone like Salah just sit on the bench for years. There's no possible way that would happen. So kind of is in a position of power for him in that if he doesn't want to sign a new deal and has already said, I'll definitely be at Liverpool next season, well, he can just afford to sit it, sit it out, you know. He'll still play well next season. He'll still put in all the effort, I'm sure, for next season. And then he obviously has much more freedom to move wherever he wants to. I still think Liverpool will agree an extension with Salah. That's just my personal opinion. Um, whether it is a case of upping the salary or different terms or whatever it is, I don't think that Salah can just go and pick another club to go to and say, I'll win the Ballon d'Or if I go here, for sure. You know, even if it's a Real Madrid, is that a guarantee? I mean, I know they've just won the Champions League again, but I'm not sure. I, I just don't see that there's another club's so set up as well as Liverpool is for him. Certainly not anybody who's you know rich but dysfunctional in terms of the likes. Well, Barca's the link. They're not a mess. Yeah, Barca can 
can't remotely afford can't it. Register, they can't register a centre-back, yeah. never mind more sellers. Yeah, they're going to have to yeah. uh, offload quite a few to be able to register some of those players or sell yeah. lots and lots of uh, off-field stuff, which is their plan at the moment. But even so, Barca, no, you're not even guaranteed titles there, never mind Ballon d'Or. PSG, dysfunctional is mm-hmm. pretty much the same can be said for to someone because a PS second fiddle to him and whoever and Vinicius obviously growing in stature whereas here I think he'll always be seen as probably joint top guy with Van Dyke and probably Allison as the three main guys so yeah I think from a looking outward perspective I think he'll be wanted to see as a main guy and that's Liverpool's the place for that unless he goes somewhere mad like Newcastle which would be stupid <laughs> yeah I mean that would be a bit of a turn up I suppose but uh I think Real Madrid is the only one who really has an open spot for his exact role. But then we've heard, obviously, yeah. from a few places that he wants to play a bit more centrally as well. And if that is the case, Real Madrid is absolutely not where you want to go because of, like you said, mm. uh, Karen Benzema, who's been there since about the time the pyramids were built and just seems to be getting mm-hmm. better and better at the minute. So limited options when you're on that kind of salary and you're on that kind of uh, stature in the game. If you don't want to go for another challenge, you want to go for a team who's basically guaranteed to be in the running for, for titles and everything. You haven't got that many options. So Juventus used to be that back in the day. They're not anymore. Certainly the Milan clubs are not going to be that uh, with, with the current ownership structures. And by Munich, I mean, if they sign Sadio Mane in the end this season, <laughs> is it going to be Mane and Salah again there? I wouldn't have thought so. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be a bit, it'd be a bit odd that one. But anywho, we all want, we all want more to sign. We don't really care about wage structure and stuff to that point. Just get more Salah signed. That's basically the message here. But right, we'll move on to some of the more debatable ones, and and we'll start with Naby Keita, who played two thousand and eighty nine minutes. Um, his most reliable season, probably his best season for me as well, Carl. But again, there is a contract situation. I think it came out a couple of days ago. We we are talking to him about a new deal and it looks like he will sign. So that kind of answers the question. But I'll ask your opinion anyway. I mean, there was that mad rumour that PSG were going to pay a bazillion pounds for him, which was seemingly just a mad rumour. But Naby off the back of a good year, it seemed to be him v Ox this season. And he certainly came out on top, in my opinion. Well, I think that's fair that it was maybe him against Ox to start with, but by the end we saw it was pretty much him against Henderson. Um, It was was three from four in midfield most of the time when everyone was fit and it was a, you know, not a complete rotation sort of match. So, um, this has comfortably been his best year in terms of uh, minutes for Liverpool. It's comfortably been his best year in terms of number of performances, which were good. But I think there's still the issues that people have are that a few times his performances have been less, I don't even want to say less good, but less all-encompassing, I think. Um, some of the times when he's played that left-sided role, obviously he's not he's not at Thiago's level of, of passing, of relentless playing through the thirds of all the kind of things that Thiago does. He's a much more visible player, isn't he, Thiago, as well? When he gets on the ball, it's always like the no-look yeah. pass and the real whipped ball into feet and all the rest of it. So, Kate is not going to live up to that level of uh, exposure, I guess, that Thiago gets in the team. But you don't need 11 players. I've said this so many times. We need five starters in midfield. Maybe even a sixth one, you could argue, but probably not. Probably five starters and then two or three you know, aged players or rotation players or young players, any of those. 
that all all battle for minutes like Milner and Jones and Elliott have done this season. I think Cater is more than capable of being one of the four or five starters. I think he's shown this year that he's arguably at times in the three best starters. Maybe we do go out and sign a, a centre mid like we've said before, and that gives us five good starters then if you if you're including Henderson as obviously still in that group as well. So I personally would renew Cater. If there was a big offer for him, I could understand it. But, you know, even if you give him a four-year contract at this point, or, you know, the, the year he's got plus another three, mm-hmm. age-wise, what, 31 he'll be then? That's still not mm-hmm. ridiculously old. You can still sell him in a year or two years. Probably get 10 mil or something. Yeah, and even at, yeah, towards the latter end of it, you can still sell him there. I, I think for what we paid out for him, He's obviously not hit those levels, what we would expect for that kind of uh, an outlay, and that's fine. But at the same time, if you pay that much for him over even more years and he still gives you for the next, let's say, three seasons what he's given us this season, overall it's more value, obviously. We're getting more worthwhile out of it. Again, I think, as has been the case with quite a lot of people that have said, even players that we've been linked to and that, it's got to be incentive-based contracts. We're, we're pretty good at that these days. And I think with a player like Cater and probably the next guy we're going to speak to as well, a renewal I would be in favour of, as long as it's well-structured so that it favours them if they are on the pitch performing and contributing a lot to success. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Just whilst we're on Naby, I think we're kind of keeping it as a key player. What role do you see his best? Because you mentioned the left role. He, he does parts of Thiago, but it's not as effective as Thiago, whereas the right... He probably had his best games there, i.e. the Man United ones and a couple others, but do you just see him as backup for both them roles, or would you like to see him defined as one of one or the other? No, I, I don't have a preference, to be honest. I, I think it's quite important that we can mix and match people in midfield just the same way as we do in attack. I mean, you think of how and where we use Mane this season, for example. Now, he's a starter, but somebody behind him like Diogo Jota, he played again all the way across that forward line. Jota is good enough to be a starter, Maybe not, you wouldn't pick him out of everybody being fit, everybody on the same level of form for the very biggest of games. Maybe that would be the case for Jota, but if he starts any given game against, whether it's Aston Villa or it's Brentford or it's Chelsea, there's not going to be too many complaints, you know? It's, it's Diogo Jota. We know he's capable of doing stuff. We know he can be a goal scorer and a match winner, and he can play any one of those three roles as you need him to, some better than others. I think the same can pretty much be applied to Keita there. He can play left or right, or importantly, he can play in a double pivot in the middle as well. If you're just playing two centre mids later in the game, or you want to start playing uh, 4-4-1-1 a little bit more often, if that is indeed what Klopp tries to do next season, I think he fills so many roles, he shouldn't be restricted to just playing one of them. There's very, very few players in our squad who are only one role, you know, outside of what Van Dyke. Obviously, the keeper. You know, but you say the centre backs, but even Joe Gomez plays right back That's quite true. a lot this season. Like you know, um, scores goals as well. Exactly. Yeah, Quiv could just play centre. <laughs> I reckon he'd be fine. He'd be basically Andrea Pirlo if he played in midfield. Um, most of them are all good to play in multiple roles. Even like the fullbacks, we've not seen them moved around too much. But I bet you, you could get away with putting Simicas left mid, no problem. Trent, we already know that he's had experiments in midfield a, a couple of times for, for club and country. So I, I have no wish to see most of our centre mids pinned down that they've got to play that side. They've got to play that side. Like Jones, the same Elliot, probably more to the right because he's more attack minded than the others, yeah. but it's important that we can mix and match. Cause if Diago's out, 
and you play Cater there, that's, that's great. But if Cater's on a really good run of form and fitness, do you have to take him out then because Thiago's back? It's much better to be able to switch him across to the other side, have both of them in good form, have both of them really good on the ball, uh, and obviously then in turn be able to rest Henderson or Elliot or whoever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think he can do both jobs uh, really well. Um, and I didn't realise he played 40 games. I know the minutes wasn't huge, but 40 games at either a starter or a sub, it, it, it's probably more than most people expect, regardless of the minutes. Um, moving on then to Bobby, this one seems quite obvious again. Um, 17, 1,783 minutes for Bobby, which is quite low, but this is probably the season he's suffered most with injury and obviously he's dropping down the pecking order and stuff like that. One year left on his deal, Carl. I think regardless of new contract, you either sign him up or you just let him go on a free next year. Yes, pretty much again. Uh, I think I've said before, for Firmino, I would, as long as he is happy to sign, I'd give him a new deal. And I don't think that there's going to be, as opposed to someone like Sadio Mane, we'd probably still get 40 million for, or, you know, Oxford Chamberlain, we might get 10, 15 million for. There's always going to be a market for that kind of player, attacking, can score goals, English, all that kind of thing. I don't see that there is going to be as big a market and as big a valuation in the transfer market on Firmino because he's, such a unique player. He responds really well to certain circumstances and obviously in our system, he has been ridiculously important. I don't think that there's so many sides out there who would pay that much for him because he would be equally as important for them because of the way we play. It's very different to everybody else. So I don't think there's much value to sell him. If he only wants to stay another year, then fine. Utilise him exactly the same way as we have done for for another year because again, he's not going to take his foot off the pedal in terms of effort and uh, work rate and what he gives to the team. But if he's happy to renew for another two years after that, I would 100% do it. Again, like uh, Cater, make it based on appearances and contribution and all the rest of it because mm-hmm. we will see him you know, downgrade a little bit in terms of game time. But by the same token, we've got five subs next year, so you could well see him play a lot more um, you know, true. 60 minutes or 30. He's got to play against Arsenal as well. Exactly, so he's got to get that 70 minutes and four goals against them every time. So yeah. um, I, I think Firmino this year is important to remember. At the start of the season, he had like, he was in and out of the team already, but in his first three starts, plus the sub appearances, he scored six goals. And overall, he got 17 goals and assists this season in 16 starts, or sorry, 16 in 17 starts. That's still really good contribution levels in terms of regularity and consistency. Mm-hmm. The problem that he had was this year, the injuries, whereas previous years, like he was game after game after game, 90 minutes, maybe 80 minutes, and then subbed off that kind of thing. He was so reliable, and that's what he's missed out on this season. But it doesn't make him any less important. I could I could still see him playing quite a big part for Liverpool next year. Yep, another one we're both keeping. Uh, Simicas played uh, 7,000, uh, 7, that'll be a big season, 1,711 minutes. Um I'm definitely keeping if he wants to stay, but if he does want to leave, I mean, I'd rather him stay, but if he wants to leave and we get a big money offer, probably 25 mil plus, I reckon we could get more, to be honest, but probably this is the first one that depends on what he wants, I think. Yeah, I agree, and on the fee, absolutely. I mean, what's he got three years on his contract at the minute, and I'm not even sure if there's an extension of another year if we want to activate that, so... You know, ballpark absolutely ours this one as opposed to a couple of the others that we've spoken about already. I would be looking for, given what other fullbacks have gone for, probably 30 million if someone wanted to sign him. Yeah, Cucarella's linked for 
around there. Yeah, Cookadale, I think. Yeah, and if you look at obviously some of the the big uh, teams who that how much they've paid for fullbacks, you think what City have outlaid on fullbacks alone. Uh, how much people yeah, like yes. Emerson Palmieri from Chelsea last year was linked with like 20, 25 million. He hasn't played more than about three games for three years with them. Uh, I, I would definitely not be looking for anything less than 30 for Simigas. But as you say, ideally. Wasn't Damian 20 million? Yeah, something like that as well. Uh, but ideally, yes, he stays. He plays a big part again. I think he, he, you look at the minutes and the appearances of a few of the players around this sort of group that we're talking about, like, Simicast played just a little bit less than Firmino in terms of minutes, but Manchester's was actually pretty good in terms of he played quite a lot of, uh, uh, of 90s, obviously. And he's always available as well. Uh, he was in the squad 60 times this season, which is pretty phenomenal. Obviously played fewer than half of those matches, but if you compare his first season, how much he played to this season and how much he progressed, then maybe again next year he gets to put a little bit more pressure on Andy Robert. Yeah, and to be fair, Robertson probably had his worst season. At times, yeah, at times. Yeah, yeah, he had really, most patchy season, probably way to put it. So it'd be good to have a really good backup there. Um, Next one, right? Uh, Lewis Diaz, (laughs) 1,688 minutes. What what do you reckon? Uh, Sell this one? Yeah, rubbish money. Rubbish. Didn't make any impact at all. Uh, I I think he did pretty well to get as high as he did on the minutes list uh, with the time he was given. So I think we're okay to keep him. Yes. Uh, Next one. Now, this one might be a bit more debatable because he is your son, is uh, Curtis Jones, (laughs) 1,527 minutes. Now, I think we have to add on the fact that Milner got a new contract and by the end of the season, Milner was ahead of Curtis Jones in the midfield pecking order. Um, I'd argue loan here because I think he, how old is Curtis Jones? He must be twenty-one now. Um, but it, he he needs minutes, and to be not of, even of two thousand minutes yet, I, I think he'll go stale. Yeah, Curtis is twenty-one. Thank you, Lisa Murray. So I, I'd be arguing loan here with a view, depending on how well he does, whether that that's his Liverpool future decided. Though I don't want to sell Curtis Jones. I think there's so much talent there and I think that there's quite a lot more to come out of him. I think that he is maybe being hampered a little bit by being in that left-sided role more often than I expected him to be. I think he's one who kind of needs to be let off the leash rather than add these extra sort of restrained bits to his game. Obviously that's important because of, you know, the midfield plays a massive, massively important role for Liverpool and he's got to be able to do the defensive and off the ball stuff really well if he wants to be in the team anywhere at all. But, like you said, minutes is important. So, Milner... Milner's minutes, I'm not that surprised by, and I wouldn't be surprised if he plays roughly the same again next season. Maybe a bit lower if we don't expect to go all the way through the cup runs, because it's unlikely, obviously, that we go all the way to to Wembley twice, for example, let's say. So, Milner's minutes might come down a, a little bit because of the cup stuff, but there's still room there for Jones not just based on the fact that he can play more than he did this year, but also because it's not necessarily just going to be uh, Milner who stays or he's in competition with. Um, Oxley Chamberlain, for example, who we'll talk about in a minute, played roughly the same, 1,500 as well, same as Jones. Uh, Taki Minamino, we saw him play in midfield a couple of times. We saw uh, Jones play as a sub late in games on the flanks at times. If we're only bringing in one in attack, 
to replace Mane going, Origi going, and Minamino potentially going. There's extra minutes there to be had. If we change formation, uh, as we've spoken about, th- that we may well be doing and play a bit more of a 4-2-3-1, again, there's more minutes there for Jones to be had because there's three spaces rather than just two number eight roles to go for. So I'm still in favour of keeping him. I think it's probably important to note that Dave would be saying loan absolutely inside him with you, but I would be going for at least another half season for Jones and we'll see how it's going by by the January transfer window. I, I, I'm not surprised that he didn't play so much towards the end of last season. I did say this at the time, that um, you yeah. know, by the time we got into March sort of thing, I would expect a core of maybe 14, 15 players to be playing in pretty much every single game, which panned out to be the case. Obviously, a Milner being one of the more... I'm going to steer away from experience here. I'm going to say more one of the more relied-upon players by Klopp. He became one of those players who played a bit more often, whereas Jones, less so. But I do think that at the start of the season, you have to remember he had COVID, first of all. He had that stupid eye injury that kept him out for like mm. three or four games that he probably would have been in the team for, or at the very least playing a part mm. for. So he had a few hit and miss moments, which were not really down to his performance level or anything like that. Uh, and I do think, again, if he has a decent preseason, if he starts in the side next season, that he'll get more minutes there. You know, he missed, I think it was like, two months or something like that in the end with that eye injury, which was only supposed to keep him out for like a week or two weeks initially. So I think that there's plenty of game time there to be had, maybe in the 2,000-minute mark or so, something like that for next season. But maybe we just give it till January and see how it's going. Yeah, I quite like the January shout, to be fair, because it's not going to be damaged. Let's be honest, he's not going to get in the World Cup squad, so I don't think that's an issue. Um, Plus, Gareth Southgate only picks right-backs by the sounds of it. Apart from Trent. Um, but yeah, it, it's a tough one for me because I, I think in terms of squad players, assuming we get a new one, which seems to be the links, it's going to be... One's going to eat into each other's minutes between Elliot and Jones. And I I think if Elliot has 2,000-odd minutes, that's fine. Whereas Jones has that, I almost see it as another waste of it. But I do like your shout of keeping him till January because the season goes on pause towards the end of November for the World Cup anyway, and then he'll be straight into the January transfer window yeah. anyway, so it won't be too big a miss, so I, that's quite a good shout actually but I, I'll I'll say loan just for that because if he gets a full season, pre-season with a new team or whatever, I, I think that'll be more helpful, I'm not sure what team yet, but um, we'll wait till see who's who's got the manager, maybe Crystal Palace if they can't get Conor Gallagher or someone, I know they're very different players, but midfield needs for them Um Oxley Chamberlain's the next one, and he played 1,524 minutes, so just a smidge less than Jones, but Ox, by the end of the season, was way down the pecking <laughs> order, and either, I think in the in the press as well, it seems that we're willing to let him go for around 10 mil. Apparently there was a link to United the other day from TalkSport, which was very odd. Uh, it got the clicks though they wanted, but Ox, this is probably the easier one for me, we uh, for both our sake and his, I think he's just got to get, get to another Yeah, 100%. Team. I mean, his season was basically split in two, wasn't it? First half of the season, he was in the team. He was quite a regular. He played in every single one of the Champions League group stage matches. He didn't play in a single one of the Champions League knockout matches. That, that kind of tells you everything you need, you know? And he was available. He was fit for the vast majority of this season. I, I don't remember too many games that he was actually injured for. But by the end of the season, he wasn't even being picked on the bench for all of the league games when we had everybody available and there was obviously a call to make. 
He didn't play in the semi-finals or the final of the FA Cup. He didn't play in the semi-final, second leg, or the final of the League Cup. And it tells you where he is at the moment. And, you know, we, we, we do have to accept that some of the time, if the team keeps getting better, not every player can keep pace with that, you know, whether it's because of injury or because they just hit their ceiling or because, you know, things just go stale. If you're at a place for quite a long time, you do eventually have to move on a couple and make space for somebody new and all the rest of it. And I think probably this year that, that time has come for Oxlade Chamberlain. Yeah, 100% agree. There'll be plenty of mid-table teams that'll want him. Like, you know, <laughs> uh, Shots um, fired. But yeah, it's, uh, yeah that's, that's harsh on mid-table teams, I think. Um, but yeah, Ox, I think I think he'd agree himself. Um, he, he needs to go play mins. Um, James Milner got the new contract. We'll ask it anyway. Would you have... Yeah, I mean, him? as long as there's an understanding that he's not going to be playing oodles of game time and like I said I would expect again that first half of the season he's just going to be the odd rotation or substitution we've spoken before about how I think Milner can be one of those players who you can be more attack minded or more defensive depending on what you want them to do when he comes on Uh, and again with the increased substitutes that's probably a useful thing Uh, we obviously believe we'll be signing Calvin Ramsey for, for right back so Maybe he's not going to be ready to go in straight away. So there might be minutes there, here and there, just for, you know, replacing Trent for the last 15, that kind of thing. So I'm absolutely fine to keep Milner. Mm. Um, the amount of times that, you know, Klopp and the coaches speak about standards that he sets in training every single day, you can't lose that intensity and relentlessness and, you know, Sergeant Major sort of authority that Milner seems to have over the younger players and the newer players. So I'm absolutely Delighted he's staying, to be perfectly honest, because we don't expect him to suddenly become a first choice again. But he seems to have acknowledged that that's not the be-all and end-all about it anyway. Yeah, absolutely. I think once it got there and he took the wage decrease, but I'm not sure what the wage decrease was, but it's only for another year. The wage bill's coming down in other areas as well. He's basically a coach with, I think he played, what was it, 13, just over 1,300 minutes. So, yeah, I think that'll come down again. And basically, he'll play on if he wants to, but I think there'll always be a coaching role as long as Klopp's here for him if he if he does retire. But I think Dave said it before, he will be playing League 2 football <laughs> and booting people. <laughs> um but yeah. Um, next up, Joe Gomez. He just played over just over 1,000 minutes. Almost similarly to Simicast, I think it depends what he wants, because maybe Club Legend's a bit strong, but he has been very good for us at parts. But if he wants to be a guaranteed centre-back starter, he probably does have to leave with the progress of Canate last season. But if he's happy to be in the rotation at centre-back and hopefully get to more minutes at centre-back from his perspective, and be in the backup right-back, I, I think everyone would be more than but, happy. Yeah, I, I cannot think of many centre-backs who are quite clearly fourth choice and as good as he is because we know he's capable of being like a starting calibre player for for a top team in central defence but we also know that it comes with certain um, certain issues at the moment like we've spoken about a number of times it was probably always going to be a two year recovery period for him so whether he's looking at it now and thinking let's see how much I can play next year when I'm fully back to uh, availability with my knee and strengthening is still ongoing for it and everything he is maybe one who you just mentioned it before might look at the World Cup and think if I start in the team somewhere and yeah. have a really good first three months, I could be back in that squad because you know 
there's a lot of changing around in the squad for England at the minute in defence, and a lot of the parts which are in the team and being left out of the team are absolute crap, really, really poor. And he is not. When he gets playing, when he's in good form and he's on a run of games, he's the best centre-back England have got by some distance. But it's whether or not he gets back to that level, because I can't honestly remember him playing a game in the Premier League at centre-back last season. No, I genuinely can't. I think he got the odd. He, he got played, Champions League against AC Milan really early on, didn't he? And then I think the rest were at right yeah. back. And obviously, like in the cups, he would have played centre back. But in the league, I don't remember him yeah. playing in the middle at all. No, I mean from his from his perspective, I mean, would you? I mean, could it, could this be if we because we have been rumoured to yeah. be looking to give him a new deal? Could we do something mad like give him a deal? Then oh, absolutely, we could. We did it with Nat Phillips last season, didn't we? We gave him a new contract and sent him straight out. Um, so it's absolutely possible. Yeah. But then you have to ask the question of whether that means that we're going to need to sign another fourth one. Is that worth it in turn? Is that is that too much of a turnover? Is there someone else you know, coming back? We'll speak about a couple of the centre-backs as we go along, I suppose. But I, I don't personally, I don't see the sense in loaning him out to get game time to bring him back if it means we're going to have to sign someone else in the meantime, you know? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I just mean from yeah. his perspective, if he can, if he can just eat, the World Cup will be bigger for him, obviously, because um, that is a, well, it should be a position of question for England, but we know it will be Harry <laughs> Maguire and John Stones, regardless. <laughs> but yeah, he, he could get in the squad at least, because obviously tomorrow he's not, not good enough for England and, Connor Cordy and Tyra Mings exist, but yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see. I think we'll both we both put keep, but depends what asterisk to what he wants. Um, Minamino up next, who just played over a thousand mins, was one of our better players in the domestic cups. There's obviously been links already for about seventeen mil to various clubs. I think Monaco's the front runner at the minute. <sighs> I get this one almost similar. It depends what he wants, but it's seemingly we're going to cash in on the good stuff. Yeah, I'm all right with that, to be honest. I I like Taki, and I said, actually, he did in the end, didn't he? I said he could be a double figures goal scorer for us across the cups and, you know, backup league games and that. And he did. I think he got 10 in the end. His strike rate this season, really, really good uh, in terms of the minutes he played and everything. But he's never, ever, ever going to be a first choice for Liverpool. And I think the really important thing is that he's 27 years of age now. I think that is the point where you've either mm. sort of shown that you're either going to be able, you, you've gone on another level, let's say, or you kind of need to move because that's your prime sort of time of your career, really. So if you know, the transfer rumours that we've seen suggesting around 17 million fee, something like that, I would be taking that personally. I think that there's not necessarily so much an upgrade to be had on him for a, a fifth or sixth choice forward, but I'm happy to put that money plus the Saudi Mane money, for example, towards one replacement for the pair of them. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think Nunes kind of covers Origi and Mane and then maybe yeah, Cade takes tacky minutes or something like that. Or um, who's the lad who scored loads of goals? Uh, Cananea. Maybe it's some in the early League Cup or something like that. Um Goal every 101 mins for Taki, so I think 17 mil could be a, a nice bit of uh, business from Monaco or whoever he's going to. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I think 27 
he's done his job at Liverpool. He's never going to be a starter, and he's never really going to get in the rotation. Even as five subs, I don't. He'll never be above um, Jota, Bobby, or whoever else is on the bench. Um, Kelleher, I won't try and pronounce his first name. Uh, 720 mins. He, he got all of the League Cup, and I think he got the earliest rounds of the FA Cup, if I remember correctly, and the odd, I think he played a couple Premier League games due to COVID. Now, everyone will want to keep him as the second choice, but if we want him to develop, and he obviously wants to battle out to be Ireland's number one keeper, he probably needs a loan, because he is 23, I know keepers peak earlier, but we're seeing keep younger keepers every year, so I, I'd... For his sake, Lord. Yeah, I think that's probably keep. accurate, to be honest. Um, he is going to want game time at some point because his international manager, Stephen Kenny, uh, Stephen Kenny, keeps saying about it as well, um, saying he needs to be first choice. And if Man City do sell Gavin Bazzuni this summer, which looks to be the case, if he's playing Premier League football next year, that kind of automatically makes him Ireland's number one, doesn't it? Um, so I would only loan Kelleher if it was to a Premier League club. Because I don't think there's going to be any value in him, an international caliber player who's already got a cup win behind him that he has contributed to playing second tier football anymore. He's, he's past that stage. Like he's, he is good enough that if Allison was out for like two months or something like that, I wouldn't really have any concerns at all. Like I'd, I'd be absolutely okay with Queef playing. So he needs to be playing top flight football if it is going to be a loan. And again, if it is going to be a loan, firstly, I'd probably be looking for him to sign an extension on his contract. I mean, he's still got four years left, but if he goes on, like, let's say it's a two-year loan, you know, to really get him a load of game time, you think of something like Dean Henderson did not too long ago, yeah. Then he's 25 when he comes back then, but he's only got two years left on his contract. That's kind of sell time or or you start losing value really, really quickly. And we don't really know how long Allison's either going to want to stay or is going to remain at the top level for. There's no need to think either of those two would stop happening now. But Kelleher's good enough that he could, in time, mm-hmm. be someone we can really, really look at as replacing him. And again, the same thing applies as we said earlier. If you do let him go, you need to bring in another one because Adrian is not going back to number two for us. No, no. I don't, I've not watched a lot of Peter Luger. I know you watched the re- okay. I was going to say reserve there, old person. The under-23s. I, I don't think so personally, but there. I've said this before, I have struggled previously on very, very young goalkeepers looking at where their ceiling could be, to be honest. I think Peter Luger's got quite a lot of talent to his game, but he's well quite far away from what you want a, a Premier League good playing goalkeeper to be doing, to yeah. be fair. So I think we would still have to bring in someone else. <laughs> yeah, Ben Foster, it is. <laughs> um, that was actually linked, and I was like, no. <laughs> Adrian's enough, thank you. Um, but yeah, Kelleher depends what it is. Um, Forrest, Brees, Samba said he wants to leave. That might be a, a good option. Fulham are linked with every keeper in the world again. Uh, who else came up? Bournemouth, Travers is there. He's Irish as well. So I, I think one of the two. you know it's important that they. Nah, I think you're looking at Champions. Yeah, I mean it's important that they around. sort of play the same sort of basic style as us in terms of playing out from the back and a high defensive line. If he's going to go to them, which does narrow it down quite significantly. There's no point. Yeah, I don't really think putting him at let's say Leeds, for example. You know, if they were to sell uh, Mesley, if they want to 
you know, he's going to get loads of practice for sure, a shot stop and all the rest of it. But is it going to be the same way that we play? Is he going to be learning in the way that we want him to? Not really. You know, there'd be no point in sending him to, I don't know, Newcastle, for example, at the moment with, again, play a very, very different sort of way, really deep block, uh, counter-attacking at times. Obviously depends on what they do in the summer. Uh, they could turn out to be a very, very different team. But again, Wolves don't play the same way as us if they were going forward. Brighton, not going to get a new keeper, but that would be much more of the type of football and the type of uh, re- uh, reliance that they have on the goalkeeper that we would be looking for, I think. I mean, Palace maybe, but they're still very, very deep in defensive uh, block for a counter-attacking team still a bit, last yeah. season. I guess there'll be a bit more development. Le- maybe not this year, but Leicester maybe? Because Schmeichel... Yeah, maybe. I mean, I have absolutely no problem with them going to Leicester. I mean, even West Ham, I mean, if they're going to offload Fabianski this season. Yeah, yeah. possibly so. And they're getting Ariola as well, I think, permanently. Yeah. So I think we are looking at like a Forest or a, a Leeds, but as you say, they're not really stylistically match up. Um, hmm. Southampton, if Bazunu falls, falls through, <laughs> might be the one. Um, but yeah, anyway, it depends what he wants, I suppose. Um, moving on next, Origi, we can kind of skip over, but it's Divock Origi, we have to talk about him. It's sad that he's going, but <laughs> yeah, I think probably overdue. I mean, even though he's obviously still contributed a couple of big moments for us along the way, really, Liverpool should have sold him like two years ago when he had a bit of time left on the contract, and obviously his, his stock was through the roof at the time because of the big, big moments he'd had in the Champions League and all the rest of it. We probably would have got the sort of 15 to 20 million for him there. So, you know, he's hardly played. I know he's had a, a few big moments since then, but would it have been not repeatable in the same way that he has done it? But would we have had someone else in for that kind of money uh, in the meantime who is, who could play a similar sort of role for us? Maybe, maybe not. Don't have to worry about it too much. It's definitely a, not a positive day that Origi is leaving, but aside from the the myth of him and those really obscure moments he just pops up with two or three times a season in terms of all-round play. It's not a player that we're going to miss because it's 600 minutes. He played less than our second-choice keeper. Yeah. Yeah. And plus we can just put a statue outside Goodison. That'll probably do. Absolutely. Uh, Next up we have Harvey Elliott who mainly for injury played three... uh, three, I can't read today. 556 minutes. He was... A starter at the start of the season. We he obviously got the leg break and then recovery for the second half of the season. Um, I suppose it depends for me what we do with Jones. I obviously said I'd rather Elliot get the smaller amount of minutes within the team, whereas you've kept. No, Jones. I would keep them both does, again. Does that affect um, your thinking? Yeah, we need Elliot? numbers, especially. At the start of the season, the first half of the season is when we tend to rotate quite a lot. Um, you know, you look back at, again, the last two, three months of the season, it was a very settled side. It was always the, you know, the regulars or the best players or the starting players who were in there, plus about three or four players coming off the bench or rotating in and out for one game. Start, the start of the season is when you tend to get more variance. You know, the first two or three weeks, maybe we'll keep roughly the same team um, that has been playing in pre-season. But after that, as soon as the League Cup starts and the Champions League starts, Rotations all over the place. And in midfield especially, we do need, for three positions, probably seven players. So Elliot, you know, we, we haven't seen anywhere near enough of him yet. 600 minutes is not a huge volume. So he's still 
pretty inexperienced in Premier League terms and everything. So yeah, I'd keep him and see how much he can get. If he gets towards mm-hmm. that thousand, twelve hundred minutes, something like that, that's a pretty big step up for him from this season. And if he goes to the Ox and Jones level of fifteen hundred minutes for the season, that's three times as much as he played last year. That's that's a big jump for a teenager still. Yeah, very true. Very true. I could see the argument to lord him out if we get a new one who's an established player, etc. But I think that would have to be a Premier League move rather than because we. Oh yeah, he's well beyond the championship level now. The the only thing I would say for Elliot is that again, depending on if we do do a formation shift and with Carvalho coming in as well, maybe that eats into minutes times if Carvalho is used as a number eight or as a a ten if we go for a a two three one or four four one one a bit more often. But in general, Elliot, I see staying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get almost yeah. similarly to Jones, you could yeah. always just loan him out in January if, if the minutes aren't there. Um, right, that's basically it from the ones who were established in the squad for most of the season. There is a few loanies and, and younger players who made the appearance. Do, do you want yeah, to I'll rattle through them. You, um, you did pick some, some out. Earlier on in the season, we had a bit of a midfield crisis and Tyler Morton stepped in, so he played just over 500 minutes for us, all told, which is probably a lot more than he expected to, and he was in the squad for a match day 20 times, which feels a lot. <laughs> it feels really, really high. Um, yeah, so he did quite well, I think. I, I don't think he's aggressive enough to play the six long-term for us, to be perfectly honest. Uh, but I would be Quite curious to see how he plays in a, a two-man midfield. You know, if you've got the defensive, aggressive one, and then let's say a, a Fabinho, Thiago, for example, I think Tyler Morton's a lot more than Thiago. If you're not being all attacking-minded, but you're still capable defensively, you're still capable of playing passes through the middle, uh, really good metronomic retention of possession, good at winning back possession in the in the high press, second balls, and transition passing. He's quite good at all of that. So I could see him having a, a future as the second midfielder in a double pivot. Obviously, a long, long way from Thiago level of talent right now. So maybe he's one I would like to see loaned out, uh, potentially even to championship level next season. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, we obviously have somewhat ties with Blackburn, but that was whilst uh, Marlborough was there. Although no, that didn't go too well, but... Yeah, um, Nico Williams Williams obviously looks like he'll be sold. Again, I think he showed in the first half of the season that his performance level is much, much improved uh, compared to two years ago where he really struggled. He seems to have matured quite a lot. And with Wales, again, playing a really important role, but he wants first-team football and he has the World Cup now coming up. There's no chance that we keep hold of him. Um, And I just hope we get a decent fee for him. And then good luck to him, to be perfectly honest, because he came through really young and looked really good. And then took a bit of a hammering, didn't he, from a lot of uh, supporters when he had a bit of a, a dip in form. So, fair play to him for bouncing back. Um, behind him at right back is Connor Bradley. Um, I, I don't think he's looked amazing, to be perfectly honest. He's looked quite good, but he reminds me a bit more of um, not so much Necker Williams as, oh Christ, I can't remember his name now, who's coming through at right back when, oh, Connor Randall. He reminds me a bit more of him in terms of, yeah, yeah, no, but I don't mean of that level of quality. I think That's he's better, but I think of that style. Whereas Necker is obviously like, let's say, a wing back, uh, playing right. full back. Yeah. Connor Randall was much more an old school full back, yeah. wasn't he? Playing right back and even moving into midfield. Wasn't Bra- wasn't Bradley our player? I think he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think him and him he beat Owen Beck. I think. 
Yeah, I, I think, think it, it was. was wasn't it? Um, but I, I, he's okay. Like he's fine. But I don't see that he's anywhere near the level of uh, Tyler Morton, even or Neko has obviously reached in this season. So, but he's only eighteen. So, loan. Mm-hmm. Whether that's League Two, League One, maybe he needs another yeah. season in the twenty threes or whatever. He got a few minutes and in a few match involvements this year. So, he's just a young player in general, and his progress will obviously carry on for the next couple of years. Um, same then for Cade Gordon, uh, a bit further yeah. forward. We, Saw him four times. He's quite an exciting player. Still only 17 years old this season, though. So, again, I just expect a normal youth-level progression where he might get a few cup games, maybe the odd league appearance if he really steps up. But let's not expect too much. He he may well come in and play a, a few games next season. But if he doubles his minutes, he'll be at 500, um, which is roughly where Tyler Morton was this season. So if he aims for that, that's, that's again, decent progression. Uh, Nat Phillips. Now... I have seen a few players, sorry, a few players, a few people on social media saying that we should keep hold of him for next season. Um, I don't. I don't. I think at 25 years of age. No. Did you see, did you see the article where they said they should loan him again and he can replace Matip? Okay. No, I didn't. Um, No, I don't. I think Nat Phillips has just had a season of senior football after half a season of us giving him senior football, I think now he really has to maximise that. He's 25 years old. This is still a guy who has not played a huge volume of uh, senior matches in his career. I think now you've just got to sort of harness what you've done over the last probably two and a half seasons because he has a, a half-decent loan season over in Germany as well. Uh, but basically, run with it now. Get your move wherever that is to, whether it's a permanent deal at Bournemouth or whatever. But, you know, he, he still played... 70 games in his career, something like that. It's not a lot. He, he needs to, he needs to be doing a lot more at this stage. So mm. hopefully he gets that move, which again, we can, you know, clock up 12, 15 million for something like that. And, uh, yeah, fair play to him for going out and doing it this season because he's helped them. He's been a bit, really big part of Bournemouth getting promoted. Um, Adrian, we already touched on third choice goalkeeper at best. And if he wants to leave, then so be it. And then a bunch of kids. Uh, Elijah Dixon Bonner has obviously left now. Billy Cometio. Not really seen too much of him mm-hmm. suggesting his first team potential at the moment. Yeah. Uh, Owen Beck. Again, minimal again, game yeah. time. Fine. Yeah, maybe a load, maybe a youth level progression. That's fine. Malcolm Frauendorf uh, got a couple of minutes as well. Again, only 18 years old, so you can just expect him. And James Norris, who played, I think, one minute this season. Um, James Balagizi was on the bench a couple of times. Liam Hughes as one of the backup goalkeepers with Harvey Davies again. We don't expect to see any of them. They were substitutes circumstantially throughout the season. Um, so all good and carry on the progression. Max Waltman, I think, has just been given a new contract. He's a centre forward for the uh, 18s and 23s over the last couple of years. Um, so again, I just expect him to just keep playing. He's got a couple of players in competition with him now, Leighton. Um, Stewart is back from injury as well. He was out for quite a long time, so hopefully we'll have a bit of competition there in the 23s and one of them can push for game time, cups, whatever it is next season. Uh, a couple of others to mention. Ben Woodburn, who you noted before we started, has now departed the scene. Didn't quite kick on after that uh, youngest ever goal scorer moment that he had. Uh, Isaac Mabaya, I don't think I've actually seen play. He was on the bench once. Loris Karius, we've said goodbye to at long last. Nope. Sheyojo leaves this summer as well. Two more for you, and you can have a bit of a discussion on these as well. Set Vandenberg, because we spoke about Joe Gomez going on loan, and we would then need a fourth choice. 
Now, set back the back yeah. for Preston has been playing at centre back and right back for them. Seb is 20, I That's think, or maybe he's turned 21 now. No. 20. I mean, if he, if. 20, so that even better. So it, if Gomez does go get sold or is loaned just for his sake, I, that, that could be fine because he, he was one of, every time I saw Preston, he was seemingly their, mentioned as their player of the season. Um, so. Yeah, we could have the in-house alternative there because if Milner Milner can play more at right back, and if if Sep is taking that jump, right back's probably the place to do it. Yeah, so yeah, I, did, I didn't really see too much of him this season. Place, I saw a couple of games early on when he was actually playing wing back for them at one point, and so I just saw a couple of those by happenstance. But I'm not hundred percent mm. sure how he's performed over the second half of the season when he was mostly at centre back because uh, he did get moved in field, but he played pretty much every minute of the the entire season, you know. So he's got a good chunk of game time there. Obviously, it's a huge step up from Preston and the Championship to you know, top of the Premier League. But, hey, a few worse players have played. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We saw Nat, we saw Nat Phillips against um, DSC Milan. So Nat Phillips and his partner five. during that part of the five. season as well. Reese Williams got himself a new contract on the bench a few times but didn't actually play this season. Mm. I, I remain kind of where I was before, to be honest, you know, the loan at Swansea didn't go too well. He came back and was effectively our fifth choice for the, for the second half of the campaign, but I don't really see it with him. I think transfer, you know, it's, yeah. it's not someone who we're going to get a, a huge volume of money for, I wouldn't imagine, but I think he needs to go and find somewhere to play, to be honest, because he's not getting in ahead of Virgil van Dijk and I wouldn't have him ahead of any of the others that we've got as well. So might be time for him to find a move to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I can see that if there's a if there's a championship team that wants to offer him a, a gamble or something or if he wants the solidity of, of League One football, which seems like the better option if he can't get at Swansea who were kind of a bit crap all season. Alright, and the last player that I've got for you is someone who I have still not seen play. Because when we signed him, I said, I'm not watching any of his games back. I'm going to let this be like one of the old days transfers where Liverpool signed someone I'd never heard of from overseas. And I got to form all my opinions about them based on how they did for Liverpool. And he never played for us. So Ben Davies. I think he, <laughs> uh, he did. He, he played pretty much the full first half of the season for them no and then idea. was left out for long chunks and then had another little run before the end of the season and then was left on the bench for the last four games plus the playoff semi-finals. Doesn't bode tremendously well for him coming back and winning a spot. Fair enough. 26-year-old 26, 26 Ben Davies, can we make a profit on him? That's it, it really the challenge doesn't. for Julian Ward this summer. Yes. Middlesbrough, buy him. There you go. There you go. That's all I'm saying. They play a back three. He's left-footed. There we go. <laughs> there we go. I've sorted out his future. Is that put whilst you're here? You, I assume you're still. Uh, well, there's quite, quite a few Polish kids, kids, and hopefully all of them are alive. I'm not the keeper. Oh, um, Mateusz Musiałowski. Yes, he, he is. He is. As far as I'm aware, up until a couple Mus- of days ago, he was alive yes. at the very least. Let's hope that's still the case. Um, <sighs> Jack Lusby watches more of the 23s than I do, right? And he has a bit of a theory that uh, maybe there is still an element of where Musilovsky was playing before and obviously the hype arounding him and stuff, that a few of the coaches maybe want him to realise that's not the only thing that matters. 
and that he has not really had a call up or been involved in the senior level because he has other things to improve upon, let's say. Um, not all of which are related to being on the football pitch. So whether that is the case or not, I don't know. Yeah, he's massively talented, but right, in okay. the same way as a lot of players who play in that kind of role, you know, the attacking midfield, the second forward, in from all that kind of talenty, playmaky, dribbly kind of typical role, it doesn't always show great consistency, minute to minute, half to half, and he doesn't always have the uh, maybe the personality to get stuck in and have the, the the fight that you want to see on show in certain matches, and maybe that is at the moment sort of pulling him back a little bit from uh, from playing at a higher level. Still very young, okay. so yes. So hopefully, you can sort that mindset issue out. And yes, hopefully. But that is it, unless there's any other mystery people we <laughs> forgot about. This um, is a Ben Davies Junior. But I'll I'll do a I'll do a quick recap of how how our squad is shaping up. I, we are both keeping Nabi, Bobby, Simicast, Diaz, surprisingly, uh, Milner, Gomez, and Elliot. And I am loaning Jones. We're both selling Ox. We're both selling Taki. I'm loaning Kelleher. We're both selling a because yeah. he's already gone. So that's basically... No, I think, you know, we've seen Anything over the last couple of years that we're not we sending out hordes of kids on loan. A few of them are going, like Leighton Clarks, and we mentioned at Reese Williams, so I wouldn't be too surprised to see people like Tyler Morton be in that next group who go out. They seem to do it around the sort of 20 years of age sort of thing at the moment. So there's a few people who have come back and not really done too much. Um, we do still need to ensure that there is a bit of a pathway if anyone does go out on loan, that they can come back and have a decent run. And I think... Maybe not of the same type because he's older, but Minamino has obviously done that to an extent this season. Um, so it doesn't have to be the last time we see these guys in red if they do head out on loan. And uh, as I've said before, quite a lot of it, of the players who do leave and come in, it's kind of going to depend on what the plans from the coaches are for next season in terms of the tactics. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We mentioned the formation change there. Could could mean more minutes for Elliot and Jones in different positions, etc. But it's going to be interesting. Uh, Carl, when do you go on holiday? I will go on See if you Thursday, get another showing so with Dave before probably. you leave. Yeah, we get one more. Yeah. Maybe one more. Get one more in. Get one more in. So, Carl and Dave will be back. I'll be back in the background by then, hopefully, for your sake. Um, but thank you, everyone. Goodbye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.